You're listening to the 503 Report with Tim Reinerson and Andrew Wellborn, where America's voice is heard. Be sure to check out our website weekly as we bring Sacramento and the world to you at www.503report.com, where America's voice is heard. Did you catch the news last week? Probably saw it on Facebook. May not have seen it anywhere else. But Two apparently unarmed Soviet warplanes buzzed a U.S. Navy warship in the Baltic Sea in international waters. When I say buzzed, I mean they were like almost arm's length away. Photos show one of the Russian planes within 50 feet of the Navy ship. The U.S. military is saying that the Russian jets simulated attacks as they passed by. Secretary of State John Kerry has condemned the flybys as reckless. Well, no doubt Kerry's words will be, will intimidate Putin into never doing that again. Never. Under the rules of engagement, the United States could have been justified in a shootdown of the Russian jets because they didn't know they were out there and they didn't know they were coming at them. Secretary of State stated, this is serious business and the United States is not going to be intimidated on the high seas. Well, thank goodness the administration is communicating as to the seriousness of the nature of the flybys and the hope that they never do it again. The Russians are, of course, denying any wrongdoing, and once the planes had observed the ship, they flew away after they circled them about 20 times. Russia stated it was surprised by America's, quote, sore reaction to the incident. Now, to me and most people, this is a continuing show of how Putin has no respect for the president administration and is not worried in the slightest that President Obama will not order any response to this breach of international waters or the close proximity to the U.S. Navy by this flyby. Well, no one wants an armed response, but those planes came from a ship or a base somewhere in the Baltic. And the U.S. response of not so much as sending planes to investigate where the Russian planes came from is a continuing show of how the U.S. military under Obama, not the men and women serving is weaker than it has ever been. It is Friday. It is our favorite day of the week. The 503 Report bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And yes, it is time to buzz the tower. <laughs> not once, not twice, but according to some men and women on that ship, about 20 times 
Oh, and then they flew away. Joining me as always, my good friend, Andrew Wilbur. Time to buzz the tower. I could not imagine being on that ship, Andrew. Oh, one of the greatest movies of all times, I have to tell you. You know, I don't know how many times I saw that movie in the theater during uh, that time period when I was a young man. And yes, uh, like most men and women out there, boy, I tell you what, it was inspirational. I almost, almost went into that Navy when it came to that movie. I was a gung-ho, ready to go. Maverick all the way when it comes to that, buddy. But I got to tell you, you know, it's going to be... It's kind of interesting to see what's happening you know there's um i don't think most people are actually seeing the full picture here because of our you know what's happening in america's politics with the uh, presidential races on the democrat and the republican side but there's something that's happening right now that most people are not seeing and unfortunately you know i'm gonna raise eyebrows as usual President Barack Obama is not getting credit for something as a result of all of the activity in the press, which has resulted in this flyby. Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we podcast this show on iTunes, where America's voice is her, Tim. Absolutely. You want to text the show, you can do that pretty easy as well, the same as the phone line. If you want to have a question raised or respond to something we say, 257-8255 is the number you can text us there, and you can also phone us on that line as well. You know, uh, NATO has now come into the forefront a little bit, and Donald Trump you know, made some controversial comments when he talked about NATO being obsolete. And, you know, the big thing about NATO is uh, there's a lot of areas of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, folks, established when? Right after World War II to do what? Prevent one nation, one nation from invading Europe. And we were scared of those guys. Remember who those guys were? Mm-hmm. The Russians. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we forget, you know, George Patton, you know, had a big concern about that. And uh, George C. Scott did a great job in that movie you know, actually showing that concern that Patton had when it came to the Soviets, the Russians. Actually, they weren't the Soviets yet, but they were well on their way to becoming the Soviets. A little bit of history here, folks, that we always got to remember. And NATO right now, as a result of Crimea and as a result of Syria with what Putin has done, you know, we began to reinforce uh, NATO. We began to reinforce Poland. We've been, you know, very, very active within those uh, Baltic Sea areas and Mediterranean areas. And, you know, so as, as a result, you know, this is, uh, this is Putin pushing back a little bit on our push. Now, look, folks, uh, these are dangerous times, as we know. I mean, I don't want to state the obvious, but what's going on in North Korea right now, what's going on in the Soviet Union, and I always will refer them to the Soviet Union. You can call him Russia all day long, folks, but that's exactly what old Vlad Demir Putin yeah. wants to do is to reassemble that Soviet Union. So, yes, you know, this is kind of a posture thing. I was just surprised that the State Department actually released those videos uh, to the public, though, Tim. Well, that was cr- kind of crazy because, you know, everything the men and the women they do on those ships is kind of cl- classified until it is be seen. And, and you are absolutely correct, although today's day and age, you know, everybody has a phone and they can put those things out there. But... Folks, if you hadn't seen it, you can check it out on Facebook or anywhere. They're literally only 30, 40 feet away, and they didn't do it just one time and said, oh, that's a U.S. ship. They went around and around again. There were a couple of helicopters out there. So they came from somewhere, and not hearing that if we went anywhere and just at least flew by and made kind of a presence known is kind of scary. This comes on the heels of the Marines talking about the cuts that they have for mm-hmm. their aging ships also, Andrew. You know, we spend uh, about $100 billion less in the, about the past 10 years. It's kind of declined on defense, and those planes are getting old. Uh, parts are getting a little bit more difficult. It's being getting tougher and tougher for them to maintain uh, the number one in the world. It's very difficult, and when you 
Mount Cuts on top of that, it's even worse. Fifteen years of war, it's pretty difficult. And Putin, he sees this as a great opportunity to flex a little bit, like you said, Andrew. Well, I mean, he is flexing. And um, it's, a, it is a direct result, like I said, of our counteraction to his action in Syria. So, you know, the president of the United States, you know, given the orders for the commanders to, to make these type of movements uh, within these NATO areas, I think needs to be commended. And the president needs that type of credit. But, you know, like I said, as a result of the Donald Trump train and the Bernie Sanders uh, uh, movement in America, we're not paying attention to what's actually, you know, creating this uh, situation. And I got to tell you, you know, uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty sure, I guess, and I hate to use that assume word, but I assume that, uh, you know, those uh, Russian jets probably would not have made it within striking distance had the United States or Navy really, really wanted to take those birds down. You're absolutely correct. And I think they probably had that idea and they do the technology today is is really amazing but you know you know war games or no war games nothing like that could because you know we hear about that all the time what is going on out there so it was pretty crazy to see that out there and they said you know you can close enough to see the pilots fly but it's pretty tough you know putin uh, going back on what you were talking about with the nato nations in poland and some of the uh, southern uh, former soviet bloc countries down there with buildup of troops you know, it's been about six, eight months since all that has started, and now he's coming back. First opportunity, maybe, Andrew, for him to do something like that as we are out there in the Baltic Sea training or protecting or just being out there. Well, let's just call it what it is. Okay. You know, we're, we're flexing. <laughs> you know, the United States is flexing pretty good down there, as we should be. And, uh, you know, these are dangerous times, and we just don't want to beat that horse to death, but it's just something most Americans need to realize. And I wonder if uh, I wonder if they were communicating really well. You know, they were close enough. <laughs> kind of like the movie, Top like the Gun. Movie, you know, yeah, kinda... I, got a, I got a Polaroid. <laughs> Yeah, if you could only see my good buddy Andrew right here. I'm right mimicking now. a certain scene yeah, in the movie. Yeah, I wonder what that was. Hi there, so Greetings. Comrade. Greetings. <laughs> Upside down greetings. You could fill in the blanks on that one. I, I tell you, you know, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff that's happening. But, you know, the big thing for that is uh, it's going to be kind of – it's going to be interesting to watch the next few days of movement between the Soviets – I'm sorry, the Russians or whatever – and the United States, NATO. But, folks, you know, NATO is very important, and Donald Trump is bringing up something very important about NATO. When it comes to NATO, yes, we established NATO right after World War II to prevent the Russians from invading Europe and trying to conquer Europe. Mm. But the problem right now is is that the, the majority of that cost and that burden does come onto you, the taxpayers of the United States of America. So when Donald Trump talks about the need to um, not make it as obsolete, you know, to reform it and to make these nations pay for it. I mean, really, the bottom line is, is that we're there to protect the Germans. Yes. Germany right now is being protected more than anything when it comes to the uh, Russian revenge, when it comes to maybe some historical revenge that they may want to take on the German people. And let me tell you something, folks. You go to Europe, I mean, those those memories, they, they, they are deep. And the Europeans understand that about each other and neighboring nations. And so, you know, for Donald Trump to come out and say that maybe Germany needs to pay for its own national defense with uh, NATO, I don't think it's a bad thing for a president candidate to come out and start making those demands. Well, it's, it's, it's time for him to, to do that, to sound a little more pre- presidential. You know, I'm sure we'll get into it in the bottom part of the show, but he is sounding more and more like that. The uh, rhetoric, as you say, that we've been talking about for the past six months, it's having a little more substance in what Donald Trump is talking about. Andrew. Well, rhetoric is okay. The battle's all good, as we say. You know, I mean, the British are the best at it when it comes to the parliament and the prime minister. 
hazard. You know, they beat the heck out of each other. There's no politeness when it comes to this. They battle each other. You know, and like Donald Trump says, they started out with 15, now there's three. So ultimately, you know, that is a fight to be able to knock people off. And, you know, you're not number one right now because you're being nice. And so guess what, man? You know, America is not number one anymore because we're not being nice. <laughs> I at the reverse... However, that osmosis on there, that was pretty good. Well, maybe we were being too nice. Too okay. nice, absolutely, my friend. All right, folks, time for something you should know you don't want to know. Maybe you should know. You're going to know, but you're going to know that right now. The year is 1755. Samuel Johnson's, quote, A Dictionary of the English Language, quote, is published in London. Cool stuff. 1793. The Bank of England issues its first five-pound note. That's right, folks. Their currency is measured in pounds. Not the weight, but pounds. Okay, 1817. This is a cool thing. The first American school for the deaf opens in Hartford, Connecticut. The 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. Heard every Friday right after the news on 1240 KSU and podcasting on iTunes. Tunes, and you can always catch us at the 503 Report, where America's voice is heard as well. We encourage you to text us at 257-8255 or call us at that number. And if you're out of the area, 1-866-882-1277. The 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. Heard every Friday and on weekends on rebroadcast as well. And we'll be back with the half-hour show right after this. now it's live from the high desert in the sierra nevada mountains it's the 503 report northeastern california's original political talk show bringing sacramento and the world to you and here's your host tim reinertz thank you very much dan and welcome back everybody it is our favorite day of the week it is friday the 503 report bringing sacramento and the world to you i want to play a game how about global thermonuclear war <laughs> Ah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I could never ever try to mimic that voice. That, Want to play a game? You yeah, know? That, was, that was pretty good. Awesome man. movie back in the 80s, War Games. Yes, is that where we are? A little Top Gun action happened on the first part of the show. And uh, yeah, well, you know, like we said, you know, what do we expect when we're engaging? Because that's what's happening, folks, over there in Europe. The Russians, well, they're flexing. Well, we as United States, we are flexing back. And so as a result, we're going to see some videos come out. Hopefully we see more and more so the American people can wake up to exactly what the threat of the Soviet Union slash Russia slash Vladimir Putin is to this great nation. Hello, folks. Hello, folks. Andrew Wilborn here on the 503 Report bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we podcast this show on iTunes where America's voice is her, Tim. And we do, Andrew. We want to thank the texter for writing in. They were surprised that we didn't send any ships up in response. That was a uh, battleship or a cruiser out there. It wasn't an aircraft carrier, but we know what we have planes out there in that area so some kind of response would have been nice but thank you for the uh, text on that as well well i don't know if they radar locked i don't know if that's part or against uh you know we haven't heard that yeah so i, I you better believe that that uh, that destroyer out there is more than capable of taking down a couple of aircraft uh, that get within proximity of uh threat should we say okay. of that ship's position all right lots to talk about going on in california and of course we'll get into the national level as we always do but i gotta tell you man this california Office of Inspector General, folks, has just got to go. I mean, the new report saying that the health care at another institution out here in California is inadequate for inmates is just preposterous. I mean, what more do they want, folks? What more? I mean, for most folks don't realize is that we probably run one of the greatest HMO systems within the California Department of Corrections when it comes to health care. The 
incarcerated actually get better health care than the employees do within certain areas that these prisons are located at. And so, you know, this office inspector general, you know what really bothers me the most, Tim, is that we all know that these auditors and these organizations, you know, they have to find everything and anything in order to justify their existence. And so regardless of the expense of individuals who go to work every day working that toughest beat out there, man, regardless, this OIG, I don't know what their mission is. I don't know exactly what their intent is, but I have to tell you, folks, it's not really good. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, they're they're just not telling the truth when it comes and they're not accurately portraying what's happening inside our prison systems up and down California. Well, I I have a feeling, Andrew, even if we had John Hopkins University or whatever, you know, the Mayo Clinic out here for them, they wouldn't uh, find that okay. And, you know, when you take the word and you talk to uh, the people that are behind those walls wearing those blue uniforms and take their word as gospel, you're going to get that for those of us in the know. For those of us that are out there, we see what they get. Folks, you would be shocked and appalled. Well, we jump drastically from twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year cost per inmate incarcerated in California to well over 200000 as a result of the health care settlement that Governor Jerry Brown entered into along with Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger just a little bit ago, a few years back. So, you know, the, these guys, man, I got to tell you, you know, the only thing that bothers me the most, and you guys are going to hear me just rag on them, is that, you know, get it right, get it accurate, you know, be truthful when it comes to this. And, you know, ultimately, you know, you, the taxpayers, are the ones who are, are paying a big unnecessary cost when it comes to some of these uh, positions that uh, this Office Inspector General is putting out there to you, the repu- to the uh, public out here in California. Okay, we do have a call on the line. Thanks for joining the conversation You're on the 503. What's on your mind? Thanks for the show, you guys. You Appreciate bet. Thank it. you. Hey, right now I'm enjoying beautiful Aspen County. I have <laughs> three antelope inside. Nice. A mother and two babies. Oh. They're just beautiful, running free. Um, and about the health care issues at the correctional center, you know, we, we provide health care for those prisoners. We provide health care for our state, local, federal representatives to a certain point. And what do us taxpayers get out of it? We are forced, we are, we are uh, penalized for not having health care. I think it's time that the workers of the United States get something back other than a bad time. Everybody have a good weekend. Thank you very much. And uh, th- that is, he's speaking the absolute truth, Andrew. Well, absolutely. You know, I mean, Las County is beautiful. And yeah, I got a herd of deer that walk through my property all the time, cross my windows out there. Just, it's, it's just wonderful. But, you know, when it comes to the health care, look, I mean, Joel Pyle, Maricopa County. Arizona has established the standard for health care. The it, gold standard. It is the gold standard, and it's just basic Medicare when it comes to a constitutional level of health care within the penal system. And so for the state of California to go beyond, 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 and by the way, one more, beyond yeah. uh, that constitutional level of health care is something that is costing you the taxpayer. And so, you know, they just give this, they portray this picture that, you know, this is almost like, you know, the, the, the some of the worst movies that you've seen Hollywood's ever depicted when it comes to Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile and things like that. It is not what it is inside the institutions, folks, when it comes to the health care being provided to the the uh, incarcerated felons out here 
in the state of California. Okay, guys, you know, we were talking last week about a, a group now that uh, the, the Standards Board, the Government Accounting Standards Board, is mandating that the pension obligations are going to be listed as part of government agencies' debts out here in California from the municipals to the counties and, of course, to the state. And we mentioned that at the state level, it was going to be $175 billion dollars that is going to be listed as an additional debt on that wall of debt, that great wall of debt out here in California, that Governor Jerry Brown has not done anything with Proposition 30 tax increases to be able to pay down. Absolutely nothing at this point in time. You know, we're coming into the May revision, and we see that the fuel poll has come out, and this is bad, bad news uh, for the governor, and this is bad, bad news for the Democrats, that 54% of California voters, folks, and that's across the board, 54% now think that they pay too much in income taxes out here in California. Andrew, did you ever think, and I saw that report as well, that you would see something like that where the numbers went over the majority uh, against saying they're paying too much? That's something we've, we've almost unheard of here in, in California because they think that, you know, uh, that we can pay for everything with our taxes and they're okay with that. But to hear a number like that, 54%, that's pretty astonishing. In order to break 54%, that means you're nasty one percenters, you're nasty two percenters, $250,000 a year and higher are participating in yeah. this poll. And so, yeah, this is very dangerous for the people. I'm sorry, not for the people of California. This is great for the people of California, but this is going to be very, very dangerous for the legislators in California coming up with this upcoming budget coming into the May revision that we're hearing absolutely zero about right now and so yes proposition 30 taxes as we talk about is uh, looking to expire at the end of this year so you know whatever short falls we have on revenue coming into this budget this may revision you can only imagine what it's going to be coming into next year and that's going to be part of the messaging of groups that are just going to be out there you're going to hear the word draconian Oof. draconian yeah. is going to be in everybody's vocabulary how draconian the republicans are and how draconian everybody's going to be towards education well that's what happens folks when we overfund proposition 98 proposition 111 when it comes to the education portion of our budget out here in the California. Are we going to see the governor go after now? Because he's been kind of neutral, and he said that the Prop 30 uh, sales tax should expire at the end of this year. Are we going to see him maybe go for that a little bit more, saying that we do need to extend that more? Because a couple of months ago we talked about he was thinking about it might be a good thing if we did extend it or to ask the people to do that. Or do you think with the $175 billion uh, going into that and seeing that huge number like that, that the governor can just say, well, you know, that quarter percent or whatever is really nothing. It's just a drop in the bucket, and it'll help get rid of some of that. Well, that's going to be the position that the governor's going to have to think about because yeah. he's still got a couple more budgets left in his historic uh, tenure as a four-term governor out here in California. So, yeah, there's going to be it's, – it's, I don't think it's going to be interesting at all. I think it's just going to have to be – it's going to be a nasty dogfight when it comes, you know, to, to this. Unfortunately, a lot of this is not being looked at, obviously, because of the national scene, the national elections, and, uh, you know, our statewide politics, our statewide issues also, you know, they don't really come up as – 
much in California. Most people are laid back in California. People don't think that California is as controversial as it is. People got their different attitudes and moods. But we did see and we did talk about how the financial news and the financial reporters and groups are out there are talking about $2 billion that has left the economy just over this last year uh, has left the state of California and has relocated in other states like Texas, Florida, Dakotas, any place else but here. So, you know, $2 billion last year is going to be kind of interesting to see how much is going to leave this year, especially if they begin to advocate the extension of these Proposition 30 temporary taxes. But with 54% of the people, and you talked about the nasty one and two percenters out there participating in the poll, the people, they're going to be asking maybe some more questions about that, irregardless of the fact of the national scene, especially coming here to California in a couple of weeks. Well, it's all building up when it comes to the state employees, the contracts that they're coming into with Governor Jerry Brown, the future costs as a result of pay increases to this already unfunded $175 billion in unfunded pension liability, you know, is going to be probably at the point of center when it comes to the messaging. And unfortunately, all my fellow state employees out there, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of, we, we have created this ourselves. You know, it's not here yet, but we're going to be in the middle of a campaign coming up, especially when it comes to this tax extension. And so organizations, bargaining groups and unions, are going to have to make a decision on which way they want to stand on this. And, you know, we're going to set ourselves up as not looking as good as we should, because, of course, you're going to see the organizations out there advocating for the extension of Proposition 30 for their own self-benefits. And I just don't think that's going to be a great, I don't think it's great when it comes to the interest of the public employees. I just at some point, we're going to have to figure out how to back off of this a little bit and come up with a reasonable balance between the, the private sector and the public sector out here in the state of California. Okay, you're listening to 503. Thanks for joining the conversation. What's on your mind today? Yes, this present state government is forcing the citizens to leave Southern California. Every day that goes by, there is something more in the coffer to tax the citizens of California. Absolutely correct, ma'am. You know, everybody, unfortunately, not everybody's seeing that as they should. And um, as a result of that, you know, we're, we're, we wake up one day, as we talk about all the time, where did that yeah. tax come from? You know, yeah. we get a DMV fee. What do you mean it cost me this much to register my vehicle this time? I mean, what happened? Why? Why is things getting expensive? Wait a minute, my car's 15 years old, 20 <laughs> years old. Why am I paying this rate? That's because exactly what the college has brought up. We're not. We're not paying attention. And it seems that this organization known as the California Public Interest Research Group, you know, they gave California an F for transparency with spending. An F, folks. You know, they took the position that, you know, you shouldn't have to be an economist to figure out California spending. You should be able to read it and look at it anytime. So, yes, folks, with all of this is happening, Proposition 30 coming up to expire. State employees coming into these expensive contractual agreements. Yes, are we setting ourselves up? Are we looking at the formation, not just of a buzzing of a tower by jets out there in the middle of the oceans, but definitely, folks, we are seeing the setup for a perfect storm out here in the state of California. Like to join the conversation, 257-8255, the text line. Oh, the phone line. We'll be back with the 503 Report right after this.
The views and opinions expressed on the 503 Report do not necessarily represent those of staff or management of KSUE or Sierra Broadcasting Company and brought to you solely by Andrew Wellborn and the 503 Network. Okay, folks, time for something you should know, you don't know. Maybe you don't want to know, but you're going to know that right now. The year is 1865, a sad day. President Abraham Lincoln dies nine hours after being shot while attending to play Our American Cousin at Forge Theater in Washington, D.C. Most folks don't realize the name of that play. 1877, the first telephone is installed in Boston Somerville in Massachusetts, 1910. United States President Taft becomes the first president to throw a baseball out on opening day. And, of course, 1955, this one, these guys seem to be in the press a lot these days. But Ray Croak opens his first McDonald's fast food restaurant in Des Plaines, Illinois. Hello, folks. Welcome to 503 Report. You're listening to us podcasting on iTunes, where America's voice is heard, Tim. Absolutely, Andrew, and we are heard every Friday right after the news on 1240 KSUE and live, uh, like you said, podcasting on iTunes, and you can catch us as well at the 503 Report, where America's voice is heard, Andrew, and we got another text, if I can Absolutely. read this out, and we'll answer this. With an opinion of all three Republicans uh, saying that they can each beat Hillary Clinton in the polls, how they think that we feel about uh, Kasich and Cruz and Donald Trump against Hillary. Well, I mean, look, right now, folks, uh, no poll right now is going to be accurate as far as who's going to beat whom because, you know, polls are established far away. once the nominees are established. So at this point in time, yeah, we don't need to get excited about the polls. I know that's probably, pardon the pun, the biggest Trump card <laughs> that uh, Kasich has, and he's playing the move correctly, you know, when it comes to holding on to his delegates and uh, trying to, you know, be a power player sure. with this process. And so, yeah, I would at this point, folks, I mean, let's not get excited. I and mean, let's, let's establish who a nominee is first before we can make a determination of who's going to win versus who's going to lose. Because once all that emotion, you know, look, when, you're, when your candidate loses, you know, eventually you're going to have to make a decision whether to stay home or, or come out and go against uh, the worst of the evil. So as we say all the time on this show, folks, you know, the primary, good Lord, the primary, well, that's for our conscience. But man, that general election is for a necessity. So we always got to remember that regardless of of our team winning or losing, we got to come out and support whomever the nominee is. Okay, we do have another call on the line. Thanks for joining the conversation. You're on the 503 Report. What's on your mind? The cost to the state when it, when it taxes us depends on how much the, the state employees are going to cost, how much the insurance to cover them is, is going to cost, how much the liability for the state is going to cost, hmm. and how much money the state can actually waste on the poor without getting caught doing it. But... Um, it's all about cost. We all have to pay something. You know, if I don't incre- if my increase on my truck goes up, someone in the DMV that gets that money wants something. So I have to pay it. You have to pay it. We all have to pay it. Unless they, we all stop needing so much, like important stuff like health care that costs an arm and two legs. It's going to cost everybody a little bit more each year for the cost overruns mm-hmm. for those who work for us. Thank you. Thank you very much for your call. Um, that is true, but you look at other states like you look at Oregon and and uh, Idaho, I believe, where they have two-year uh, DMV fees, and they're thirty to fifty dollars for their vehicles. And re- irregardless, Andrew, of uh, the ages of them, you know, like my twenty-year-old truck is still well over a hundred dollars, and for a year, you know, and where they can have a brand new vehicle that's worth sixty thousand dollars, and they're paying thirty dollars, and so. 
But look, the the old economic theory of supply and demand, you know, is based on people's ability to be able to afford to buy something, and that's something that's not taught. Yeah, we just think basic capitalism, one more supply and demand, whatever. Well, you know, things become cheaper in life, whether it be a commodity, when the people can no longer afford to pay for it at that price level. So the question for us across California: Are we at that point in the state of California? You know, when it comes to our real estate, you know, when when you need a medium household income to be over $80,000 a year to be able to afford a basic house anywhere in the state of California, are we uh, paying too much? And uh, so we can say that, you know, we want to pay a little bit more for services, but man, if you don't have the money to pay <laughs> for it, you know, I mean, that is the ultimate warning right now, folks, is that, you know, our household medium income, as we read last week in in, in, in the city of Sacramento, is under $50,000 a year. You know, I mean, there's only so much that you can take from those folks. As far as you know, making sure that services, as we say, you know, are paid for. Okay, we are lighting up the lines. You are on the five hundred three report. Thanks, John. Conversation was on your mind. Hey, I used to have a roofing company here in Susanville, and uh, for my lift bed, you know, raise the roofing up ten feet in the air. The uh, DMV was nineteen hundred. Well, it varied between fifteen and nineteen hundred a year. Oh. The insurance was twenty five hundred. So I sold it to a guy in Nevada who registered for two years for forty bars. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And then they wanted me to get a motor carrier of permit thing that year. But when I went out of business, I told them to stick it and went out of business. But the oh, CHP no. wanted me to give them $1,500 and then 150 a year after that to have their number. And I'm going, like, I, there's like 10 numbers on it already, you know. But, it sounds like you got like a six or $7,000 bill before you even go out there and go to work. Yeah. So a construction company usually will get to keep about 10 to 12% of total take with after California, all their insurance and workman's comp nonsense. I just would rather have my bones and cartilages and <laughs> forget it. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you for the call. And from a businessman right there, well, that's the problem with California. They're taxing these small business guys. Well, that's the problem, period, across yes. America, what he's talking about. California, when, you know, those incredible fees that the caller was just talking about, well, you know, they are designed to pay for those wages, benefits, and so forth of state employees, government employees, and the services. The question is, is, is that too much? You know, so now we have a local businessman who's no longer in business as a result of the regulations out of Sacramento and the fees in order to pay for services, agencies, wages, and benefits for government employees has now, you know, we've stopped a tax base you know there, there we go there that that's part of that two billion dollars that no longer exists out here in the state of california okay we've lightened them up you're on the 503 thanks for joining the conversation what's on your mind hey well said andrew hey uh <clears throat> yeah it's, you can go right across the border in in oregon and your car insurance rate is one third and the insurance companies will tell you right off the get-go it's because you're in california but you pay so much more for all the uninsured motorists a lot of people don't seem to understand. I mean, I'm getting away now from the car thing, but like a single mother with three kids in Lansing County, if she applies and receives all the benefits, government benefits that are available to her, are worth to you or me, a working person, over six thousand dollars a month. Ridiculous. I mean, you know, these are the points that need to be not just on this radio program, 
But I appreciate all the callers calling in and saying this because we are taking these points on iTunes, so we're spreading this message. Up here in Northeastern California, if it's happening up here in Northeastern California, you know darn well it's happening everywhere. Because regardless, folks, I mean, when you're paying for somebody else who's not, I mean, come on. All the deadbeat non-producers out here in America, or should we say (laughs) out here in California, at some point we've got to start making people produce. And so for people to receive the benefits like the caller was talking about, because we're doing the right thing, we're going to work, and we're paying our taxes, and you know we are actually trying to be part of something. But like I said all the time, like the caller a couple calls back, it's tough for me to try to get incentive to be able to, I mean, I even know what I've got to do with the 503 network, not to report folks, with the network. I know where I've got to locate it because it's just ridiculous for the thought of actually establishing the network that's going to carry this show <laughs> in the state of California. Where okay. we broadcast from. Well, you're on the 503. Thanks for joining the conversation. What's on your mind? Well, I know another tax. It's kind of a, it's a sneaky tax. It's that $150 tax that they charge us for fire, and your house is burned down no matter what because we're under... Cal Fire, I, I, and I've had them out here, but we live in the forest, so they charge us $150. Thank you. We've been fighting that. I think uh, Congressman LaMalfa and, and uh, Assemblyman uh, Dolly have been fighting that uh, for some time, and uh, it's, it's very tough here in California because we have 40 million people versus, let's say, 3 million for Oregon. There's a lot more people wanting a hand for nothing in California, and ergo fees on everything are, like the caller said a couple back, three times higher than they are anywhere else. You know, I mean, once again, these taxes, they disappear into that black hole down (laughs) in Sacramento that's called the general fund. And so there's no accountability of it. And we just mentioned on this show that the California Public Interest Research Group has given California an F when it comes to transparency in its funding. And they said, quote, you shouldn't have to be an expert to be able to follow your tax dollars through California's government. Over the course of seven years, most states have made significant transparency improvements. Despite being home into Silicon Valley, California ranks last of all 50 states this year when it comes to transparency. So who controls the California legislature? The Democrats. Who calls the most for transparency? The Democrats. Who are very hypocritical on this issue in these calls? The Democrats. So as a result, folks, you know, we're the ones who are paying. And at some point in time, we're going to have to start making decisions. When is it too expensive? When's enough enough? And this warning is really to all the government employees, all my fellow state employees out there, all my retiree buddies and friends out there. You know, this is something we're going to have to start paying attention to. Proposition 30 temporary taxes, they're set to disappear. And at this point in time, with that $175 billion now being required to be listed as debt, then guess what? That transparency right there is going to create a huge, huge problem. And with 54% of the people of California now saying that they're paying too much in income tax, guess what, folks? That means as state employees, we've exceeded uh, we've exceeded uh, the trust of the of the private sector. We're making better than the private sector. We're doing better than the private sector. And we say it all the time. You know, the private sector has got to be successful first before any state employee receives one benefit. And so we got to get back to that trend out here in the state of California with all the bargaining units and all the unions down in Sacramento negotiating for the two plus million state employees currently in the state of California. It's bigger than most, than a lot of states, the size of 
the unions that are in this great state of California. And, you know, we talked about the Democrats when you just went off there just a few moments ago. Uh, quietly, they are within a couple of votes, Andrew, of a supermajority again in the California houses. Well, once again, we're not paying attention to this. I mean, June is a big election, not just Oof. at the presidential level, folks, but we've got several, several vulnerable seats, not just uh, not in our state assembly and in our state Senate. So you're absolutely right, Tim, you know, just a couple of votes and uh, a couple more seats. And, uh, you know, that supermajority, guess what? There's not going to be any type of Republican voice or conservative voice or any type of, you know, conservative fiduciary voice to be able to uh, to speak on behalf of us. And, you know, speaking of uh, what's going on in Sacramento, we see Donald Trump has learned his lesson from Colorado. Yeah. You know, we see that he has hired Tim Clark and Associates down in Sacramento. I know, I know the firm very well. I know uh, past employees and people who have worked for Tim Clark and Associates for, for many, many years. And Tim Clark is, is very good. That, that, that group is very good at winning primaries in the state of California. I mean, unfortunately, you know, they don't have quite the winning record as far as the general. But as far Correct. as winning the primaries, he definitely leads the packs down there as far as uh, winning primary elections out here in the state of California. That's a good move. For Donald Trump, it's bad news for the Ted Cruz people because Tim Clark and Associates, well, they they, they usually get behind a lot of those more libertarian, uh, you know, further right candidates. But everybody sees it on the wall at this point as far as uh, Donald Trump and, and and this Republican National you know convention coming up. So hopefully, hopefully Donald Trump has learned his lesson with his ground game, his lack of ground game. We've mentioned I don't know how many times on the show about the importance of ground game when it comes to the delegates. But most importantly, it's great to hear that see the people see you know. Hey, the process of how state parties control. And yeah, the question is, is it rigged or not? You know, I mean, I've been involved with these parties for a long time, and I have never liked the way they operate because the delegate system does exactly what Donald Trump has claimed, folks. But it does. It does take the power of your vote away from you when it comes down to it, because the delegates got the power to vote regardless of whomever won your state. So that's the big problem, I think, within the political party system. You know, we're going to have to see how that that works both on the Democrat and the Republican side, folks. So anyways, there's a lot going on, and we're going to make sure that you guys are informed the best we can every week here on this show. All right, Andrew, what do you got for me today, buddy? Okay, folks, you know, time for our favorite book. This one comes from Psalms 118.24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God bless you, America. The 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we're always going to call upon Governor Jerry Brown to clean up that California office of Inspector General so that we can thank all the men and women who go to work every day working that toughest beaten state, forming a duty so that you, our listener, up and down the great state of California and across this great nation, can be safe. Thank you very much. And that last texter had three words to uh, how we can get rid of California's ill state of Jefferson. Thank you for the text. Folks, you can grab a cup of coffee and join us for a rebroadcast Saturday at 7 and Sunday at 7.30 and always on the 503 Report where America's voice is heard. You can catch our past shows there as well. And iTunes, just go to the Podcast Attic, download the app, and it's really simple. We're heard every Friday right after the news up here in Northeastern California. We thank you for the calls and the text all the time. Folks, have yourselves a great weekend. And remember, we are all born free. Thank you for your time.